0: Hello and welcome to Para Not So Normal. And if you're watching on YouTube, welcome back to my channel. Today I'm here with Jen, better known as JK Ultra on TikTok. Do you want to give a little introduction? Introduce yourself. Hi,
1: it's good to be here. It's good to get to have a conversation. I feel like we already know each other, but (laughs) it's our first time really meeting.
0: (laughs) I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because your TikTok is so fascinating. You have almost half a million followers, which is huge. So obviously a lot of other people find it extremely fascinating as well. And you talk about all kinds of really, really cool things you talk about aliens uh, g- like everything everything that has to do with I guess metaphysical paranormal spiritual do you I mean do you want to add on to that give them a little bit more of a background
1: uh, I originally started to more with like conspiracy but I kept getting so many community violations that I was like okay well I just won't talk about any people <laughs> or topical issues so It was actually a good thing um, because then it made me kind of go more into like the stuff that I'm interested in, in my like beliefs and the stuff that I've basically all of my series have been what I've been looking into for the last 10 years so that's the reason I think a lot of times like people are like, Oh, there's so much information. How did you have time to like kind of go over all of this or retain it all? I'm like, Oh, this is all ten years in the making.
0: Okay, because I was gonna ask, because your videos, like your soul you're doing a soul series right now and you have what, twenty-five? 25- Parts plus already, something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was literally thinking of that this morning. I'm thinking, how does she know all of this information? Is she just a bookworm? Does she read and then make videos as you're reading? Because you're super informative. You know what you're talking about. And it's super impressive, but super fascinating. But that makes sense if you've been, if you dove into it, already that's funny that it switched from conspiracy to this i'm glad it comes across like that um that it comes across
1: like very informative and stuff because really it's like you know it's forced me to be more clear in exactly what all of those things are so even though these are a lot of books that i've read over the last 10 years and like the soul series that i'm doing now like the book journey of souls was like early on in my well Not in my initials, because I think for a lot of people, similar to my TikTok, a lot of times people kind of go down the conspiracy hole before they find spirituality. So that's what originally had happened for me was it was conspiracies like 10 years ago. And then, and I've always been that type of person. You know, I had an alien experience when I was like five years old. So you're
0: going to, (laughs) okay. Remind me about that because I really am curious now. I, I need to hear this story. But I wanted to say something because as you were speaking, I was thinking something in my head and I was just getting chills everywhere. And for me, when that happens, it's a, I take it as like confirmation that it's true. I don't know. You can call me crazy. But I was thinking, I'm like, you were meant to do this. You were meant because you're so clear as you speak. You, you speak very well. You explain things very well. You're captivating. And it's like... You started with conspiracy, but it automatically kind of switched to, like you said, what you're passionate and interested in. And it's like, I feel like you were just meant to talk about these things, to have people question their reality, to have people question, you know, things beyond the physical. And you're just really good at it, so. Well,
1: thank you. And I really, I appreciate that. That's really what I feel like is what happened, you know. Um, and I've always... I have a lot of people in my life that are into similar stuff. Like I'm one of those people that is like a magnet for like, I had a job at a restaurant a couple years ago and like three or four people that work there were like, do you know who Dolores Cannon is? Like literally like the amount of people that are like into the exact same things I've been meeting them my whole life. So, but it's also, I think because I'm kind of, that at least when I did my hypnosis and all the stuff that, like, has in my spiritual journey, what I've come to of my like purpose is, you know, helping people remember why they're here. Why did they come to Earth? What are they here to do? They, you know, I mean, specifically, you know, I'm a big believer in 5D, the fifth dimension, you know, so I'm a
0: big believer of the new Earth. <laughs> Awesome. I See, I was gonna ask you that too because your very your videos are very informative, and I always wonder. I'm like, okay, what are your views, though? Do you believe everything that you're because you the way you deliver it is in a way, you know, it's very much okay. All the information is from this book, from Dolores Cannon. From um, there is another. I, I'm thinking of the name another one in this whole series. You keep referring to yeah, Dr. Newton, Dr. Michael Newton. Yeah, yeah. Dr. My- Michael Newton, and I'm wondering. Is she just fascinated by it or do you also truly believe it? Oh, yeah, I for sure
1: believe like definitely I would say. Mostly everything that I share, I do believe to be true, Um, you know, I don't really do things kind of just out of like this is an interesting thing. And if I do, there is kind of that little like sense of it slightly, but I barely
0: share things unless I really uh, that's what I believe, you know, I believe that makes sense. I'm very, I guess, very similar, similar. I believe all of these things as well. But I'm so open minded that it's like I can't say for sure one thing is the only truth. It's like I like to think, well, it's definitely I believe it's for sure a possibility, but I believe in other possibilities as well. So that's oh. that's me, though. And
1: it has to be able to evolve,
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it's always evolving. I was changing and I'm always open to new ideas. Um, But I definitely believe in, you know, things beyond the physical. But I can it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly. Sorry, I'm going to pause for two seconds. My cat is meowing at the door. So I'm just going to let her in because she (laughs) your cat
1: every time you record. Your cat is like, it's
0: my time. Bing. Like if she gets rambunctious, I'm going to kick her out. <laughs> but we'll, we'll give her a chance. We'll see. Anyways, um, let's if I'm really curious about this alien story about when you said you were about five, I think I I'm really want to hear. Okay, So
1: it happened. I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is basically right across the Hudson River from Manhattan. So like every picture of Manhattan skyline is taken from where I grew up. And so that's like just showing you the type of like, it's a densely populated area, like super, like everyone lives super close on top of each other. Um, So not like your typical place where people have alien or UFO sightings, although Uh, this place, Jersey City, is actually only like a couple miles from uh, this place called North Bergen, New Jersey, which is where it had the highest UFO sightings of anywhere in America up until recently when it became crazy, the sightings, because we know the last, like, five to ten years, sightings have become, like, common. Like, everyone is seeing stuff now. And, you know, that's probably because the level of consciousness raising, so we're opening up to be able to see what has been there the whole time. But there is, like, a kind of famous... uh abduction story that happened at this park which was like I said maybe like two miles from where I saw the UFO so it was in like 1993
0: mm-hmm. Ooh, that was the year I was born
1: <laughs> it was oh cool um, I'm 88 so and I remember it was before 4th of July so I think it was the end of June and uh, it was me my brother my two sisters my two stepsisters and it was really late at night, probably like around like 11, late for kids. And we were in the backyard and my stepmom was like, come inside. And we were like, oh, just a little longer. So she closes the door and happens to lock it. And then so we're just in the backyard in, and you know, like I said, it's a very highly populated city. Um, and just like shortly after that, my sisters who were all like we were the younger ones the rest of them like went up to the age of 14 so it was like a 14 year old a 12 year old an 11 year old a 10 year old like all of like the older ages and then me and my brother are the younger ones right and we heard so me and my brother are like playing and then the girls are on um oddly enough the couch was in the backyard and this is the part when all of us remember this story everybody talks about the fact that the couch was in the backyard because they had just bought a new couch okay so they put the other couch in the backyard so they were that's where all the girls were sitting and um so they start freaking out and me and my brother are like what is going on we look over and they're like oh my god we saw a white dove we saw a white dove it just flew over us so like 11 p.m a white dove flies over them and then me and my brother are like, oh, well, we're going to wait for it to come back. So we pull over chairs and we sit next to them on the couch. And they're like, you it's not going to come back. You're never going to see that in your life. And so we're kind of like, they're like teasing us. And then basically we hear like, you know, when you swing a bat, it's like, whew, like a whoosh. Yeah. It was like that, but so loud, like huge. And like coming from... So, it sounded like that, like, bouncing off, like, the buildings. So, like, we hear this, like, continuous, like, loud whooshing sound. And, like, high-pitched. And we, like, look up. We see a dot. And instantly, that dot is in front of us. So, the the backyard next to us had a shed. um, Like, about, you know, the size of, like, an adult person. Like, maybe between five and six feet tall. And the UFO full blown, like from a sound to a dot to there, all in one second, like split in three. Wow. And it was like hovering on the shed. So I like it was like kind of, it was almost like way. it was using the shed to kind of like it was just crazy how it was like on top of it. Um, but floating, like pulsing and honestly the thing that's crazy about it is that it wasn't as futuristic as I would have expected like that's the thing that's the craziest about it is like when I see them on tv they're like obviously like all like sleek Yeah, you know this was kind of clunky I'm good at like it was not the cutting edge technology
0: that I would have expected right so more advanced than us but Not as much as you thought they would be.
1: Yeah. Like it kind of was like, like, you know how like Tesla's now are all like sleek looking. Like it didn't look like that. It looked more like, like a Camry, like in the nineties, like it was more like clunkier. And so it was kind of like the top and the bottom were stationary. And then the middle part appeared to be what was like moving, but it was fast. It's hard to tell. And then then there was lights and the lights were like, Now we have halogen lights, but like in 93, we didn't have them or at least not to the public. And so like, you know, when you look at a halogen light that like sometimes it like from one angle looks yellow, blue, pink, it has that kind of weird iridescent. Yeah. That's what these lights were like. And they were like. Because I remember when I was younger being like, they were white lights, but they were also yellow and pink and blue at the same time.
0: It's funny. It's so funny you say that because a cousin of mine had an experience where he is sure that he saw a UFO as well. And he almost explains. he explains it similar but a little different. He saw like – different colored lights like you said i think green was one of them though but i i'll need to get him on the podcast and tell him to share his story because it's so long ago since he's told me the story i don't remember exactly but he saw like i think he even explained the ufo shape very similar to what you're explaining it now and he saw it go in like a tri a triangle like super fast from one dot the other dot to the other dot and made like a triangle so not the way our like planes and aircrafts move like very much different and then it just like took off that was his experience with it and he said he saw like you said like like this with something in the middle like spinning that's super interesting and they're from boston so
1: so also like another populated area like that's like a lot of times people think that it only happens in like you know desolate rural areas, but so many people I know, like, I mean, I have friends who had encounters here in LA, you know, and it's like, so it is also happening. And I think, you know, uh I am a believer of, you know, the, all of the stuff with the souls, with the volunteers coming here, people having, you know, alien family, having other lives as aliens. So, you know, I think a lot of times, I'm not a person who likes to go on the, you know, aliens are, you know, bad. Even the greys. I know people have a lot of feelings towards the greys. I don't
0: like that. (laughs) See, I... I'm fascinated by aliens, but I haven't done much much research myself into it because more of my interest is in mediumship and that type of paranormal. However, I do find aliens super fascinating. But with that being said, like when people talk about the greys and the different types of aliens, I don't know enough to really give an opinion. But I just think that like humans, you're going to like we're all going through different experiences. You're going to have some that are I quote unquote bad right Um, and quote unquote good it's just depending on where their soul is at in their journey and what their purpose is that's how I see it at least
1: totally and I also too I have kind of a sometimes people don't like my full perspective on like the good and evil thing Um, especially too with like the side of evil specifically obviously everyone you know likes the good side but um, there's A lot of people have kind of said that these are more like Luciferian beliefs. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. You know, they kind of like label things. But I really think that when it comes to evil or darkness or, you know, anything like that, self-serving, like I also feel that like there's a chance that those some of it is coming from not being evolved. Some of it could be coming from actually being so evolved that they're actually almost like volunteering to do this horrible experience because you're contracted with all of the people. So like a lot of times people have like reptilian experiences and stuff and it's like, I also kind of feel like that's part of like their mission and their mission is also serving the light because it's waking up all of the people to be pushed further into their spiritual journey. So they're actually picking a super hard lesson.
0: I actually really like that perspective. I've never heard that before. And as you said that, like some of them are even more so evolved that they're kind of doing that to help others grow. I got chills as you said that. But it's funny you mentioned that because I'm going to be developing my mediumship starting this Saturday, actually. That's my first lesson. I'm really excited. And the medium that I'm going to be working with, she... I'm going to have her on a podcast episode on a later date, but she doesn't believe in, I guess, evil spirits either. And this is a very new concept for me because I've had paranormal experiences my entire life. Um, I've seen spirits as a kid and I've had some scary experiences. And so I always grew up, especially growing up in a very Catholic household, I thought for sure there was the devil, there was evil and there was good. So I've always that was always my perception but now as I'm like diving into this more I mean I'm curious to see what she has to say and hopefully when if I'm able to really connect on my own I'm really curious to see what happens and what kind of connection I have because you know as my um perception is evolving and my beliefs are evolving i kind of agree with that too you know it's like well maybe i just viewed it as evil when i was a kid because i didn't understand what i was seeing i didn't understand what it was plus being raised catholic that's all i knew you know so yeah it's 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 interesting and i'm very you know i'm open-minded to i don't know just see what happens see what i learn and yeah. It's just fascinating though. Cause some people like talk about these horrendous stories and then it's like, well, I like, I like your take on that. It's interesting. I've never heard, even then, I've never like heard that really before. scary
1: ones, even yeah. the really scary ones. Um, nothing pushes you quicker and harder into the light than a scary experience. Exactly. So, and I mean, I've, I've also, you know, I've, I kind of grew up with like um, one of my grandmas was like gypsy and she used to do like magic, but like, you know, hexes, curses, like shit like that. So like, so basically um, I did grow up a lot, like having this protection of like, oh, that's dark. So I do like, it's not like, but then at the same time, I've had a fascination with darkness too, because it's extremely interesting and intriguing, you know, like scary stuff is the most exciting stuff there is
0: it's crazy because my family has had some like I mean I've had some scary experiences but my the stories that I've heard from other members of my family they've had it even scarier like stuff as in and this sounds crazy even to me and I didn't witness this with my own eyes but this is my family telling me this and I like I said, I didn't experience it myself, but my family has no reason to lie to me about this stuff. Um, like witnessing like a baby just all of a sudden being like literally elevated, like levitated and like being thrown against the room. Like by – yeah. Like when I say scary bad stuff, like that a real baby. level – a, a baby i i don't know exactly how maybe like toddler yeah young like Gosh. a young kid yeah so like for me growing up and hearing that stuff like for sure evil was real so i've i've heard of these like truly scary stories in the past. So a part of me is like, well, you know, I really want to believe that it is only love in the spirit realm and, you know, we are only evolving. And a part of me does believe that. Um, but a part of me is like, well, what if people, you know, mediums and whatnot who connect with spirit, maybe because they're not afraid and because the energy they're giving out is a positive energy, maybe that's why they're only attracting like the positive. Um, whereas other people who when they do it, maybe they're more fearful because I truly believe that what you put out is what you get. But what I question is okay, what you put out is what you get. But if you're putting out fear and negativity, are you actually getting like low vibrational, negative, evil beings? Or is what you're getting just, you know, a perception of that in your head that's misconstrued? Do you know what I mean?
1: Both. I think it's both. Based on what I've come across, um, So not necessarily evil, but unevolved, unaware. And then there's kind of like, they say on like these lower astral realms, those like levels of consciousness are more simple. So sometimes those things that we might consider demons are actually like a super concentrated emotion Or like a super concentrated energy of something. And it's kind of like, so some of those things could be like good. You know, it could be, which is like, you know, like in um, Islam, they have like the jinn. So like some djinn are good and some jinn aren't. And it's really like, okay, one could be a super concentration of uh, joy or uh, playfulness. And then one could be super concentrated of anger. Right. And then the other side of it, too, um, which Dolores talks about this. Also, it's in the um, the holographic universe. So kind of a little bit from a semi-science point of view. Uh, Michael Talbot talks about the poltergeists and the same thing that Dolores says about the poltergeists. And so like a poltergeist would be like a ghost that can move an object where it comes into the physical and it moves something.
0: Uh, I've now, had experiences with that. But sorry, continue.
1: They say kind of something very interesting about that is that majority of those experiences are actually coming from the person perceiving it. So they say a lot of times when, especially when girls are going through puberty, they have a lot of those experiences because there's these changes happening in their body. And when they're going through emotions, those emotions are very pure because they're also still kind of in this child state. So they have this like child pureness and then they're like growing, there's these hormones, there's so much stuff happening in their body. So he says a lot of times, this is why a lot of these poltergeist situations happen around, you know, 12 to 16 in like a child, in a teenager's room or in a house where a child is having like extreme emotions about something. And sometimes they say it's like, you kinda of, they even say that some ghosts are not ghosts; they are like an echo of that person's emotion, so you could leave a ghost behind somewhere, so like say you know you got into like a really huge fight and like really lost it, went to a hundred, and then you leave that place, and you know sometimes people come and they feel an energy there, yeah. That might not even be someone who passed, who used to live there. It could have been from your energy rippling out and staying and now holding in that place. So some ghost experiences are coming from the, so you might be say in like a very sad state and then you have some weird supernatural thing happen and it's almost like your energy was like very pure. It like rippled out.
0: I have or everywhere, as you're saying this, <laughs> or
1: it also pulled one of those things magnetically, like we were talking about, could be considered demons, but they're not they're more just like concentration of energy and like a pure a lower level of consciousness, so they don't that's have right. all of the assets they only have one, so like you could also attract that, and they say that's how like possession happens. I mean, there's different types of possession, but a lot of times like things when that happen. They say it's like you have your auric field and you basically get like a little hole, little space in your auric field from something being unbalanced and that becomes like a magnet for something to fill it with that concentrated emotion or thought or belief.
0: That's super interesting. I've never heard that before, but I definitely believe that. Um, And it's funny you bring up possession because apparently my great uncle was possessed. My family believes that. And it's not. Oh, I for sure believe in possession. That you... Say that again. Sorry.
1: I for sure believe in possession. I do.
0: Yeah. So this, um, my my great uncle. I've met him before, but I didn't actually um, see while he was, you know, quote unquote, possessed what he was like. But apparently, what happened, and it was nothing like the way they per- the way they show it in the movies. Um, he was acting really weird. He like wasn't eating food or re- or yeah, he wasn't eating food, wasn't drinking water, and he was speaking in a language that nobody could understand and my family speaks like English, French, Portuguese, Spanish like a we have a lot of languages but they weren't speaking any anything that anyone could understand it was almost like Latin or something they didn't know and so they brought him to the hospital they ran a bunch of tests on him everything was coming back normal they did not know what was going on and my family being very Catholic I guess they brought a priest in and a priest did a um, why can't I think of the word right now
1: an exorcism? Uh, sorry.
0: Yeah, sorry. The, the, the priest did an exorcism, and apparently he was fine after that. Like I said, I didn't witness that with my own eyes, and it wasn't like he was harming anybody or anything like that. He was just kind of in a trance and just talking weird and not making sense and just completely out of it. And then, yeah, nothing physically wrong with him. And then when the priest did the exorcism, apparently he was okay after that. Uh, so, again, I don't, I don't know, but it's – It's interesting to me. I
1: for sure believe it. I actually know someone that got possessed like a year ago. It was really scary. Um, I don't know how they're doing now uh, because there was a lot to the situation. But um, it's definitely – and, you know, when I reflected on it, I meditated on it, I asked the Akashic Records about it. You know, they said that the person was not – Learning the lessons that they basically that their higher self had been screaming at them for a while. Their higher right. self had been trying to get this message across for a while, and then um, they basically were kind of refusing to, you know, listen and make the changes in their life that they had to, and then they were kind of, you know straying into things that they were not supposed to be and they basically kind of said that that's like similar to what we were talking about before it's kind of almost like a dark guru you know it's almost like a hard like push a lesson that you end up going through you know it's not like you're a victim of it it's not like the right. these demons are not seeking people out people yeah. are drawing them in actually
0: yeah and it's I guess like what you're saying ultimately for your growth and progression at the end of the day, just like anything in life. like And it doesn't always have to be such a dark thing, but it's like we go through things like even a breakup or whatever it is, it's hard in the moment, but you grow. Oh, there's no
1: better lesson than a breakup. There is no better lesson.
0: (laughs) Because a breakup, like
1: even though it breaks you down, it always propels you into a completely new stage of life that you would have never been on. Yeah, and just like kind of talking about like how possession is more so at least what I've come to learn of it is that you're more so drawing these super concentrated energies, which are lower levels of consciousness, which are going to be in the lower astral realms. You're pulling them more. So you're being the magnet, you know, a lot of people kind of, there's this narrative of like demons targeting and stuff like that. And the whole Satan, like, you know, and it's like, a lot of these energies are lower levels of consciousness that they, they're they not plotting. They don't, they're just being what they are and you're drawing that towards yourself because of some type of imbalance that you're creating in your energy field.
0: Right. I actually really, really resonate with that perspective. I like that. I've never thought of it in that way before. And it's funny because it like if only people on earth were more open-minded to stuff like that I think that because unfortunately with possession like it's led to you know exorcisms that have been so drastic that it's resulted in death and I just think that's absolutely terrible and I think it's partly because we really don't a lot of us don't understand much of anything when it comes to beyond the 3d and that could be I, I guess in some cases dangerous and I just wish people, I wish we knew more about it and I understand that science is simply not there yet and that's okay and I would never want to push my beliefs on anybody. Like we're all on our own journey. We're all here for different reasons and you know, we grow as time goes on throughout different lifetimes, etc, etc. But there's a part of me that's like, I wish that everybody was aware that we are so much more than this 3D body and there's so many things that I mean, we can only see like point something percent of light. You know, there's so many things that we can't even see. And like I said, science has not caught up, nearly caught up with what is out there. So, you know.
1: And it's so true. And I, you know, have my my feelings towards science in a lot of ways just because there's this constant need for proof, but proof within these very strict parameters. So then it's like, well, how could you have proof if you're literally saying it can only happen here? So that's one of the things that, and the other side of it too, is that also this is what I've come across a lot of times from different, uh, you know, books and different things I've read is that, um, especially channeled information says this a lot, that basically science can only get to a certain point if we don't open our hearts and raise our consciousness. So basically this is like a plateau for science because before other types of inventions actually were tuning into the flow state using intuitive sense. They were dreaming of things and asking questions of things that didn't exist that weren't proven yet. And then there was kind of like this change in science where, See, like science and spirituality actually go hand in hand. They're kind of the same thing, but they've been divided, like everything else in our dualistic world, to be somehow made into enemies. And I fall into it, too, because a lot of the science people, you know, even the whole thing of skeptics, like I'm not a fan of the skeptics, but then my friend was basically explaining to me what a skeptic actually originally was and what the word actually originally meant. And it actually, if we went by the original meaning, we would be the skeptics because those are the ones who don't necessarily have the hardcore beliefs. They actually just ask questions and investigate into something as opposed to nowadays, a skeptic, a skeptic today is someone who basically uh, doesn't believe because... Someone hasn't told them. Yeah. The skeptics don't even investigate them for themselves, so they're not even skeptics.
0: You know, like I said, it's like I try. I try not to. Um, you know, with skeptics, I try not to uh, let it affect me because some of them can be pretty harsh, you know, especially on my oh, videos, yeah. which is fine. However, it's
1: like, I just... I don't know. Why does every skeptic think they're so smart? What? Every That's- skeptic thinks that they are smarter than anyone else in the world.
0: <laughs> I can't help but think it's like, well, how do you know? It's like, you like science is discovering new things daily. So it's like, you're not going to believe it until science tells you you're allowed to believe it you know so that's what I don't understand it's like I'm not saying that any of what my beliefs are are fact for sure I'm just maybe they are like who knows you know I just love talking about the unknown um, because I don't know I truly believe that there is so much more beyond science and and it's funny how you said you know science spirituality is divided now and this is just going to get into my conspiracy the conspiracy side of me but I think it's Partly because, you know, the big people in power, and this is something else I could go on about, want to keep us at a lower vibration. I think it's done on purpose. I don't think, I don't think they want us to evolve. I think there's a lot that they know. I mean, even with aliens, like the government didn't, they've only recently admitted that there is, aliens what in 2020 i think they admitted it when covid came out and i'm like oh some possibility of something might be out there like come on come on like, we met them
1: like, we've met them already
0: i'm like and i it, it just boggles it boggles my mind but and you were talking about astral projection. Like, that is documented. Like, there are, I think it's CIA documents talking about astral projection. And it's like, why don't more people talk about this? There's this guy that I listen to on YouTube. He does just podcast style. And he's been astral projecting since he, before he even knew what astral projecting was. So, ever since he was a kid. And his stories are insane. Um, as, his name is Astral Club, I think, on YouTube. And his name is Rick, and his stories are just—I love—I love listening to them. And it's just like he, he can astral travel, and he astral travels. It's his stories are crazy. I'd recommend listening to him on YouTube if anyone's listening. Anyone, if anyone's into astral projection, check out his YouTube channel because it's yeah, it's super cool.
1: Um, have you astral projected?
0: It's a good question. So. In short, no. I've been very close. Um, It's something I definitely want to do one day. I've never really tried too hard. There was like a short period of time where I was like, okay, I want to try to do it. And I got to the point where I was in my room, I was in my, uh, on my bed, and I knew that I was this close because my eyes were closed, but I was able to see the entire room. The room, the only difference with the room was there was no TV in the room, and at that time, I had a TV in the room, but everything else was the exact same, and I was like, okay, this is my chance, and they say one of the techniques to like get out of your body is to like roll, and I was rolling, I was rolling, but there was such a strong pull to my body, I wasn't actually able to get out of my body, Um, And I think like before I knew what astral projection was, I think I was astral projecting, but I would stop myself because I was so scared as to what was going on. Like I would like sink into the ground and then I'd force myself to wake up or sometimes I would just start floating up and I would like force myself to wake up. Um, But ever since I started actually trying to astral project, I've never been successful, but I haven't stuck to it long enough. Right now, it's like, okay, it's something that I'm really going to try to do one day. But first, I'm like, I want to focus on getting my mediumship down. It's like one thing at a time, you know. But what about you? Have you have you astral projected?
1: Um, I have. Uh, it's not something that, you know. So the times that I had done it, I've de- I did it twice, like basically like two days apart from each other. Um, And at that time, I had been going through like a big detox because I was planning on this was like, you remember in 2020, there was like December 21st, 2020, there was like the grand conjunction and all these things aligned. And it was like this super special day. So leading up to that for like the month before that, I was like, oh, like I'm going to go hard. I'm going to like only like do like green vegetables. I'm like going to, you know, not smoke. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be completely clean and pure to the fullest. I'm going to meditate for hours a day. And I had like a month leading up to that. So then, and I mean, also too, you know, there was so much stuff coming up in those meditations leading up to it. Um, I think if I were to like lay down right now and try to astral project, I wouldn't get very far. I think it was obviously because of that, like buildup of like all those like long meditations and being super like detoxed. And like, um, my vibe was, was crazy high at the moment. I feel like there was definitely a time around that point that I remember like consciously being like, this is the best I've ever felt in my whole life. Like this is extreme. And I always think about, I'm like, yeah, that was like that was like a 5D moment. I was like, there's definitely some moments where I'm like, and it was in that, like, time frame. And, I mean, I generally feel good, but that was like, like I wasn't even in my body good for, like, no, yeah. a week. And during that week, I did the um, astral projection. And I did do a video of it because it's kind of like a whole long thing. But um, I originally tried, there's, you know, like they said, there's so many methods. The first method that I tried was so difficult. Um was like basically you would visualize like a white wall with a black dot or a black wall with a white dot. And you basically for like days visualize that dot. And you like get so like specific about it. And then eventually after a couple days, you know, you start growing the dot and you grow it, grow it, grow it until you go inside. And... That, I definitely had, like, intense visualizations. For some reason, I would, like, see the wall with the dot. But the wall was in the middle of a jungle. <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> you know? So, it would be, like, crazy, probably subconscious mind stuff. But then the method that I ended up using, um, I kind of, like, made myself combined with some things that I heard. So, like, you talked about, like, the rolling. I basically... um visualized so i feel like too is like for me was it started as visualization and then i became like kind of just watching so like the visualization is like you're consciously creating it but then eventually you stop and then you're just watching you know so i visualized myself sitting up out of the body walking out my front door, walking to the staircase and going up the stairs in my building. But I continued to like visualize the stairs continuing out of the building. And I kept visualizing going up these stairs and seeing myself like leave, you know, Hollywood leaving the atmosphere coming up to the moon. And then there was like a point where I just like saw like what looked like similar to like a portal on Rick and Morty, like a green looking orb you know, and then I was like, Well, here we go, and like
0: <laughs> that's crazy. And so, you went and you successfully,
1: yeah. So, that was the thing, too, is that they say, um, that you're supposed to pick a place where you want to go, you know, and as opposed to kind of being aimless, uh, you decide where you're gonna go. So, I'm like, Well, where would I want to go? Um, obviously, nowhere on earth, why would I do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I picked the Akashic Records. And by that time, I didn't know how to, like, access them yet. So, like, I had been really just trying to get there one way or another. So, I'm like, I'm going to astral project there. And so, after I went through that, like, portal thing, I literally felt myself, like, underwater. And then I came up ashore and I was completely dry, even though I came out of the water. And there was a building that looked like some, like, giant, beautiful, like, Tuscan building and it was, like, on the beach, basically. So I, like, walk up these stairs to this, like, super grand place. Like a big and then, library. Yeah. And it was, like, just from the outside, it was, like, I don't know. I've never been this place, but I've seen pictures of places like this, like, in Italy or, like, in Europe. I've never been to one. Um I mean, there's definitely houses that look like that in Malibu that I've seen, you know, because people like model their houses after it. But I've never seen one of the ones that looked magical like this. And um, a reptilian being in a robe of the galaxy came out and was like, basically without words, telling me like, oh, hey, like, we can't believe you're here, come in. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) So I kind of for a moment was like, Okay, do I, am I scared of this thing or am I not? He seems friendly. He thinks he knows me. I felt, well, I did feel scared because of like my beliefs of, you know, reptilians or whatever, even though he was really cute. Um, he was really cute. But then I learned after that, that there's things called equinoids, And they're kind of more along the iguana line and these, and which is crazy is I ended up finding out about this. It's a part of my alien series. There's one part about iguanoids, which it says that they're like basically the priest class of reptilians and that they kind of look like iguana humanoids as opposed to like, you know, there's different types of looks for reptilians. Some are like more like crocodile or like different types of reptiles. And, he, and they say that they wear robes, although it said they were very dangerous um, in the thing that I read. But I'm like, well, of course, people would say it's dangerous. He didn't feel that dangerous. Um, and what's crazy, though, is I had that video. That video got taken down for nudity, which is that never happened. I've never been nude on yeah, social like, media. It's
0: not. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I'm like,
1: and what was crazy is the night before I had a dream about the picture of the equinoid that's in that video. And then the next day I got a violation on that video for nudity, which was not true. They ended up putting it back up, but it was so weird because it was like, when I had that experience in like the astral, I never knew what an equinoid was. I was just like, Oh, it's a reptilian of some sort. So he puts out his like talons and is like, come on in, you know, just take my hand and come in. And I'm like, I'm like, Well, okay, let's go. (laughs) And then I, we went inside and it was like grand as hell, like gorgeous. It felt like the tiles were made of like crystals, like lapis lazuli and like the tiles, like everything was like, it was like our world, but like made of crystals. And then I saw the library And I saw this angel who I've seen before in other types of meditation and also kind of a library that I've seen before. And then I he takes me to the fireplace and he gives me this like giant red book and my name is on it. And then I'm like, I woke up like an hour later, like what was in the book?
0: So you didn't even get to see inside the
1: book. No, I literally got to that point. And then I did this. Like, what do you think was in the book? Like past history of past Well, I think it's lives, my, like- it's my like soul's story. Um, I did the same thing two days later, which was then during the conjunction on the conjunction at the time they said it was happening. I was like, I'm going back. I'm going to go and I'm going to see what's in that book. And the whole same process, pretty much the same thing, mostly a- identical. I get there to the book again. There was other beings there. But then when I get the book, I'm like, can you read it to me? Because I was like, oh, I'm yeah. going to fall asleep if I try to read it. So I'm like, can you read it? And then I'm like, I wake up an hour later and I'm
0: like, damn, what's in the book? <laughs> uh, I mean, they're probably not showing you because you're probably not meant to see it now. It's not least, time. For whatever reason. But I would be so curious. I, would I know. Be so curious. It's really
1: like. And I do. I have had past life regressions, but then I also do believe in imprints. Are you like familiar with the imprint idea? No,
0: I was going to say what's I've never heard that before.
1: So this is also like a crazy concept. So we have past life regressions, but at the same time, uh, so this also came up in Dolores's work. Um, She had been doing regressions with this guy for years and they were like doing all this stuff. And then basically at one point she's like, how many lives have you had on earth? And he's like, oh, this is the first one. She's like, well, wait, what were all those past lives that we went through? What was that? And basically, not every past life you've lived, someone has lived it. It's a real past life. But basically, before you incarnate, you sometimes, especially too, if you're a soul from a different place or you haven't been on earth in a long time, especially more advanced souls, they will like go to the records and download a bunch of past lives relating to the karma and the issues that they're going to be confronting. So I've had a lot of past life regressions. They're all kind of this same horrible theme of like, you know, being like a abused woman, you know, they're all like very similar horrible lives. They're all very traumatic. I'm very grateful for this life, but then I also, when I did hypnosis, I almost like, and I knew the idea of imprints, but I felt very connected to the past lives. So I felt like mine could not be imprints. I lived them. But when I did the hypnosis, I saw like a Dewey decimal system, you know, like back in the day in like the the libraries, you had like all the little drawers and the cards with yes. like you take out this topic and here's all the authors on that topic. I basically saw something like that in my head where it was almost like I like opened this like drawer and there was like all these files about like women being like taken advantage of and basically like grabbing like kind of like these files and downloading them. So then it makes me like think that a lot of our past lives are not even our own, you know?
0: That's crazy, and it's funny you mentioned that. So I haven't heard of imprints before, but I definitely, again, like, I believe that that could definitely be a possibility. But a coworker of mine, and he's not he necessarily into this stuff, but he knows that I'm into this stuff, and he, what did he, I forget what he called it, but it was something, and, like, science has kind of touched on this because he's a science guy, and something about how somebody else's thought can like transfer to you. So it's like not really your experience, but you remember it as if it was your experience, but really it was somebody else's. So that kind of made me think of that. And I wish I remember exactly how he explained it and what he called it because I don't remember, but that's what that makes me think of. Wow.
1: And it's also too, like kind of a lot of the stuff is getting proven with like the epigenetic stuff where it's basically like, things that have happened to our ancestors are encoded in our DNA. So we also have like this memory of experiences that happened to our ancestors that are encoded in our DNA. So that's another thing that happens too. that science is like proving that like sometimes these are collective memories, you know, or like, and, you know, obviously, you know, when it comes to like ancestors and stuff, it's like it does go back to very few people, you know, so it's like most people or a lot of groups of people are gonna have similar collective memories in their DNA and in their blood.
0: And you know, it's funny, cause when you think about it right now, especially on the 3D, we're very individualistic. Like we think of ourselves as completely separate entities when in reality or what I like to believe is really we're all one, we're all a collective. And even though we are kind of separate in a way, we are all connected in a way and I can't even explain it well because it's like even though I believe it my brain can't fully comprehend it so how am I even supposed to explain something that I can't fully comprehend you know
1: it's true and that's the question people always ask like with the soul series that I'm doing like a lot of people are like well if you're going to connect with source why would you separate from source to begin with you know and it's like Okay, and I'm going to tell you in a hundred characters of this tiny comment of (laughs) exactly how that works, you know? And it's because there's obviously so much more to it that we could never even fully understand. Where even, you know, the soul stuff is only a small part of the spiritual evolution journey, you know? There's only a short time that we even are individual souls.
0: Yeah, like it it makes... The way I kind of think of it in my brain, and this is super simplistic and basic, but it's like, let's say you have a group of five people and you're all wanting to go to the beach and the person driving lost their keys. Okay, you're all going to separate and you're going to look in different areas instead of going through the same, you know what I mean? And it's like you all cover different areas all for the same purpose. But it's like your experience looking for those keys. There's going to be in different rooms, different places. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's like a basic way.
1: No, it's so true. And that's exactly – and that's, you know, kind of like the thing with all the religions, you know? Um, that's what I like to point out in a lot of my videos. You know, it doesn't always – it isn't received well by every religion. But, like, most religions are saying the same thing. And that's kind of what you're talking about is that, like – everyone's going to find their keys in a different or take a different path of how they're going to look for it. So it's like if people are trying to kind of find God, find their purpose, they're all going to have so many different methods of getting there. And does that mean any of those methods are wrong or only one is right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I grew up very Catholic. I don't consider myself Catholic now, I just consider myself spiritual. But when I was in university, as an elective course, I took a couple courses on religions to learn about the different religions. And it was very eye opening to me because I grew up, you know, Catholic school, church every Sunday. Um, I only knew about the Catholic faith. And then when I learned about these other religions, I, I mean, granted, I didn't learn about them as in depth. Um, the way I did you know the Catholic religion but I'm like this is the same they are all this or they're very similar at least they start they stem from the same place and yeah there are differences but in the big scheme of things they are the same and yeah people can disagree with me that's absolutely okay and I don't think religion is bad I think for some people it's a really good thing Um, however you know when you zoom out and you look at it all from a different perspective it's like I don't know. I think they are basically, they're all very similar. And I don't I don't think that's a coincidence.
1: Catholic is like an easy transition for a lot of people into spirituality, more so than some of especially other Christian-based faiths. Um, one, you know, I grew up Catholic also. I never like was, I mean, I actually spent a lot of time because my mom was a Sunday school teacher and I was the youngest. So I actually spent a lot of time like – in church, in, you know, all of those things, in the rectory with the nuns and everything. I spent a lot of time there because my mom, you know, would take me because I was the youngest and there was no babysitter. So I had to go a lot of times. And But because I don't really have, like, religious trauma from it, it doesn't really, like, play, like, a big aspect of my life. Um, and I always was, like, that person who, like, I really, like, questioned it. Like, I was that person in, like, Sunday school that would be, like yeah, but if we didn't learn about the Ten Commandments, would you still go to hell? And i am be like, did Jewish people go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus? Is that? And then they'd be like, no. Well, if you didn't learn the Ten Commandments, then you wouldn't really be sinning. And then I'm like, well, why did you guys teach us then? Yeah, Because now you just raised our chances of going to hell. Yeah. So like that was me in Sunday school from the beginning. I'm like, well, how is God consciously watching all of us? And like, (laughs) I would always be asking those questions.
0: Yeah, I had similar thoughts too. I would think things like, well, I know people that are Catholic that are not very good people. And then then I know people that are not religious at all that are some of the best people that I have ever met. You know, so it's like, how would it make sense that just because Bobby over here goes to church every single Sunday, but he's actually a terrible person, why does he get to go to heaven just because he goes to church every Sunday? But and then Julie over here, who is out doing God's work, you know, who is out just being a good person, but she doesn't go to church. Why does she go to hell? You know, like stuff like that.
1: Exactly. And I think, too, like, I mean, I grew up, I didn't grow up around a lot of like Christians. Like it was mostly Catholic or other religions. I grew up in like a very like diverse area. So there was a lot of like Muslim people and Hindu people and a lot of different religions, but there wasn't that many like Christians because most people who were on that side were Catholic in that area. Um, So I didn't really kind of get exposed to like the Christian stuff until really TikTok, which I'm sure is kind of the worst side of it because you know, the stuff that we post about, which is, we're not doing anything crazy, you know. We're not posting, like, satanic stuff, you know. <laughs> um, But, like, I think another big thing, I was talking about this at my sister recently, is that, like, in Catholicism, it's not as much of a focus on Jesus. It's more of a focus on God. And more so, like, God is, a, it's kind of a little bit more focused towards God, whereas I feel like a lot of the at least what I see from like the more like traditional or like the other type of like Christianity is like very toward it's Jesus, you know? And it's like every comment is about Jesus. It's always like about Jesus. And and I don't know if that's like other people's experience in Catholicism or maybe just the church that I was at. It just wasn't as focused on Jesus specifically.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking back to my experience I, I agree with, I definitely agree to a certain extent with my experience. It was more so like the Holy Trinity. It's God. Exactly. And then Jesus is an extension of that. The Holy Spirit is an extension of that. But all in all, it's exactly. God, like the creator. And there was God. a
1: lot about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is obviously the mother. So you have a father and a son. And where did that come from? There's the mother.
0: Hello. Yeah. yeah. They had
1: to call it a ghost before giving it the Holy uh, ghost. Yeah. Before being a woman
0: yeah
1: we're like let's not make it a woman let's make it a ghost ghost. and i feel like the catholicism thing the reason i think a lot of people are into spirituality now is because it is a little bit more ritual based because there's obviously you know when you're in church those are rituals it is a whole thing the breaking the bread the you know we know the the
0: holy water as you come in and do the 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 water the
1: kneeling the lighting of candles it's so ritualistic that i think that's why a lot of people make the transition to um you know spirituality witch talk
0: yeah that's interesting i never thought of it that way but that definitely that makes sense thinking of it like that um that probably helped me like transfer over and now it's like i'm on this journey that i never want to step away from you know i want to make it I don't know. I just, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes day by day. But thank you so much for that conversation. I feel like we can go on and talk about this for forever. I'll have to have you back. Yeah, I'll I'll have to have you back on the podcast a later date. And we'll do
1: our TikTok live too, which will be really fun. I'm excited to do that.
0: No. Yeah. We'll do our TikTok live. I'm excited. I'll, we'll set a date so I could do like a countdown on my lives. Cause I never do that. You know how you could like time it so they know when it's coming.
1: Yeah. I know. We'll set a date so that we can like people can prepare.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Maybe, maybe after I'm actually going to Mexico at the first week of August. So maybe even like when I'm back, this will already yes. be out. So people will know. And then then we'll yeah we'll set a date and a time and then yeah no i'm excited awesome
1: i'm excited and we'll see too maybe you'll do your dowsing rods a little we'll see if uh anyone has Uh, any good questions i'll
0: have them on hand they'll they'll be next to me so i'll pull them out if there's any dire questions we want to ask um but thank you so much again for being here what are your social media handles again so that if i mean i'm assuming that my listeners already follow you but if they don't where where can they find you So it's
1: a JK underscore ultra on TikTok. That's my main, um, on YouTube, it's JK ultra programming. And then I have like videos. I'm actually putting all of my series on YouTube. I'm in the process of that. So then people will get to watch them in full. And then I'm adding extra commentary at the end of stuff. So people who've already watched it can watch again, get some extra info. Um, And then, you know, I barely do. I mean, I am on Instagram, but I don't really post about this type of stuff on there. That's kind of my more personal. And that's Jennifer CEE, if you guys want to follow me there.
0: Awesome. But thanks. This was so good. Thanks so much for doing this. No, thanks for for coming on. And I'm excited to see your YouTube because I am excited to hear all. I was going to say your TikTok is like kind of like YouTube, but in small doses,
1: you know. Mm -hmm. And
0: now it's going to be like a movie. So I try to make it cinematic. Oh, I'm ready to get the popcorn out well yeah thanks again and that's it for today everyone thank you so much for tuning in and i will i'll see you next time bye